That would have to be a segment of you having in- interesting and insightful things to say and then me just making fun of you. Wait. So very, very different than the rest of the show. Two words. <laughs> Two words. Kwame Brown. <laughs> Can we talk about the fact that his spoonerism is Blame Crown? <laughs> Blame Crown? Blame. Blame Crown. What is he the king of then? I don't know. <laughs> Where's your crown, king? Nothing. Is he like king of the bus then? I know all the bad Metallica, y'all. Hi everyone, this is uh, this is the show. I've already forgotten the title of this show. What did we decide the title of the show was? It's the Dan, Dan versus, versus D. It's the Dan versus D podcast. We are specifically not calling ourselves DVD anymore because there is already a DVD weekly podcast on iTunes, and we don't want to we don't want to step on any toes here, uh, uh, elbow any uh, kidneys, as it were. Do our shooting um, motion that ends up smacking somebody in the face. We don't want to do the. What Kobe Bryant claimed was his shooting motion, which is just snapping your wrist and then literally clocking someone next to you. Still love you, Kobe. We don't want to do that. Still love you, Kobe. But uh, So what's up, guys? We're still going to go inform- informally by DVD because I love saying this. Welcome to the Dan and Diva, Dan versus D show. I'm your host, D with two E's. This is D versus D, a.k.a. DVD. As in DVD player, I'm your player, D with two E's. I'm Dan. With my the name A-N. Is, my name is Dan. I have an A-N in my name. I just, I just realized like I, uh, I was redundant with, with my D with two E's, but oh well. <laughs> my name is an anagram for and. Or Nad. Very, very eloquent of you. My name is an anagram for Nad. My Nad. is an anagram for Yesak. Yasak. 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 I punched you in Yasak. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I'm Casey. Boy. I'm the girlfriend of D with two E's, and, and I'm here as a guest. Today. And that and that's actually um, the origin story uh, of where I got my nickname D with two E's from. That was me. Yeah. With two E's. Because people would call me D, and then like in little like little love notes, she would write D and like put like two like, cute little E's like next to them. And I was like. Huh, I like that. I started using using nickname for like video games and like and now for this podcast. So there you go. You can thank Casey, the beautiful Casey, for that. So yeah, here we go. Do I guys without clipping the the mic? Cool. You guys are so sweet that my cold, depressed, cynical heart warmed by a couple of degrees. Dan and D, what are we going to talk about today? Okay, she's kind of like a uh, like a moderator <laughs> too. So uh, bring you back on track. I right. think part of the reason we wanted to have Casey on with us today is uh, we were brainstorming before the show, and uh, that went out pretty well. <laughs> we've already recorded a lot of brainstorming today. Uh, I think I think maybe this taping the pre-show meeting thing was not the best of ideas. I loved it honestly. I thought it was genius, but. Anyway, got some quality stuff. We 
and I've been wanting to do this for a while with various people we know, a very general sort of like uh, story time of what was your, like, what is your first sports memory? What is your most strong sports memory? How did you get into sports? Mm-hmm. What about it hooked you as a, as a youngin or as an adult? Uh, so, you know, uh, I think we should toss it over to Casey. Sure, sure. Uh, so, as a kid, I did not play sports, although my brothers did. If you want to count dance as a sport, then yes, it, it uh, is. I danced, had several dance classes. But it was my two brothers, my older brother and my younger brother, who played Little League. Um, I have some of my earliest childhood memories at the Little League Park. And I think there are a few specific moments where I realized sports is something I could at least start paying attention to, if not necessarily follow all the way. Uh, one of the earliest memories I have is walking into this tiny little league park in Nashville on Lebanon Ro- off of Lebanon Road, and it had white gates, and the grass was always green and well-trimmed. They had multiple oh. parks, or multiple fields, I guess, maybe six or seven of them. Um, you, we would walk to the concession stands and figure out where our field was going to be for the day. Uh, my brothers would play, uh, and we always had a third inning snack. So we'd go to the concession stands, and we'd get lollipops, or we'd get nachos. Not in the seventh inning, though. No, third mm. inning. Third inning, was, third inning was always snack time. So you would you would stop for a snack one third of the way through the game. We were you'd very back, hungry children. You'd come back and play th- six innings after that. Uh huh. It allowed us to get energy, run around and play, and then fall asleep by the end of the evening. I guess, yeah, I guess food is fuel. Yes, food uh, is fuel. Wait, y'all ate while y'all played the game? Oh, not me. I mean, we ate in the stands. The the My brothers played in the... And they they had food beforehand, I think. And there was always, depending on how long the game went, there was always a, an after-game meeting where one of the parents would always bring food. And this is something that's very important to my life as you guys knows. Uh, we would always have these things called dough dodgers. And they're, mm, if yeah, you make a pie and you have leftover crust, you take the pie crust, you layer butter, cinnamon, sugar, cinnamon, sugar, cinnamon, sugar. You roll it up, uh, spread butter on top of that roll, cut it into slices, and bake it for about 30 to 45 minutes. They're called dough dodgers because of the team Dodgers. They're brought into the Little League team. And they're basically cinnamon rolls made from pie crust. Uh, it's a very famous recipe in my family. Um, and between all these things, the smell of the cigarette smoke, the metal bleachers, the chink of the aluminum baseball bats, you can always hear the chink, chink all over the park. Um, the smell of the mown grass, all of that brings me back to what I am interested in now. And I have a wide variety of sports interests. My dad grew up on stock car racing um, from his dad way back when it was on dirt roads. So I, I follow NASCAR. Davis has introduced me to wrestling. So I know who at least some of the big name wrestlers are. John Cena! Uh, uh, anyway. Sorry. Uh, uh, I liked Carmen when she was around. And, um, She's doing awesome calling. Oh, that's true. Still wrestling around, just not in WWE, I guess. Um, I follow baseball because of the Red Sox. I lived in Boston for a year. Um... I have now started following this wacky sport my dad follows, which is this, like, super expensive, tech-related, fancy yacht sailing, which isn't 
actual yachts. It's oh, I like thought you were going to say Robot Wars. Where they, like, it, fight oh, it's actually the drone racing. There's all have kinds you, of stuff I, to get into. Have you seen the show, they air drone racing on ESPN now? Yes. There's, they've been, I mean, been showing that like last couple of years. Listeners, you have got to get into we something. Should, Find should. whatever your passion is and just start following it. There's all kinds of things to follow. So someone who is clearly not geeky about this in the same way these two guys are, I can still at least pay attention to some of the big names. Pedroia, Brady... Uh, when Brady's I was a kid, goat. Air McNair was a big deal. Eddie George. No, I was I was oh. I was around when when Music City Miracle was a thing. My 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 the story basically goes. I, it's the little league stuff that happened for my brothers that got me really into this wow. kind of thing. And I, I'm, while I'm terrible with names, I, I have seen some of the big moments. So when the Tennessee Titans ended up going to the Super Bowl, um, unfortunately, when Dale Soon, uh, Dale Earnhardt Sr passed away um the Patriots Super Bowls the Boston Red Sox wins in 2004 2008 and I was in Boston when they won into uh 2012 2013 um and I got to see the parade from downtown when uh, the Episcopal Diocese of Massachusetts was having its convention and I watched the parade downtown wish I could have been there so it's just really cool Dale Earnhardt did did you did you watch that live when it happened yes Yes. Jeez. So here's my story about that is very simple. I was very, uh, I was a young kid. My dad was really big into joking around and saying, oh, I don't like that driver. Hex, hex. And so he and I had made jokes about that during the race. So he wasn't a huge fan of the Iron Hearts as a general rule. They won too much, blah, blah. He wanted underdogs to win. So I said, hex, Sundale Senior, hex, Sundale Senior. And then, of course, that was right before the lap um, where he had the accident. And I was convinced f- for an unreasonable length of time that I had killed him. Just in the in the belief that small children have um, when they so think they sad. don't understand correlation between cause and effect, and that, and that was a big yeah. and that was, and a, was a big that, that was a big deal, especially because like deal. near my hometown is Welcome, North Carolina. Um, that's where um, the Racing Museum, uh, Richard Children Racing. Yeah, yeah, they they were I think for like a week they were like showing like uh, stuff about like uh, Earnhardt. And uh, they were showing like the memorial service on TV, like on local television. So it was, yep. it was a big deal. And I remember, yeah. like, this it used to be like this one, like, uh, well, I guess it's like a two way tunnel, but it's like really close. So you kind of like make sure you're on your uh, on your side while someone else coming the other side. But I just never forget, like, I guess on the edge of this tunnel before you go through it, it said number three, we will miss you. Yep, and it's that's still still the case. I think they're just now bringing three out of retirement. It's, I mean, that's got to be like, people don't really remember it much now, but that that's got to be one of the most bonkers sports stories of our life. I didn't know a thing about mm-hmm. racing, mm-hmm. but I all I know is that was yeah. a, that was like he, the one of the biggest is, biggest deals in NASCAR. History. He's the reason why NASCAR safety is such a priority. Unfortunately, yeah. it's also one of the reasons why. NASCAR itself, not necessarily Formula One or Indy, but NASCAR itself as a franchise is dying. And they have to come up with other ways to make the sport either more exciting or more dangerous in such a way that the drivers aren't injured because no one's following it anymore. Make it more dangerous? They have to introduce some sort of exciting element to it. And they're finding I mean, this car's going like 180 plus miles an hour. What's more exciting than that? They're going in a circle. And the joke that's been floating around the South for a long time is that people just go get drunk and watch the races. But there's there's so many ways to see the races now. They're not making money at the parks. 
I feel like of like all the major sport, that's going to be the hardest one to attract casual fans to because it is. It's but the, I remember hearing you, you people you can't score points in the same way, and the tracking yeah. system that they've changed to is a lot like hot air balloon racing. But it's kind of convoluted, and unless you have someone really walking you through it, you don't get it. And I mean this a lot of just crazy subtlety to it, but if you don't understand any of the subtlety mm-hmm. or you're not interested in that, if you're not yep. a nerd, then... And I'm a little bit of a nerd when it comes to it. The, the steepness of the bank matters. How hot the track get, gets matters. Whether or not there's been weather the day before matters. How how much the the each team has been working on their car matters. What How many pit crew members they have matters. Who's in charge of the pit crew matters. Their spotters are incredibly important. Wow. And if their spotter's having a bad day, they're going to have a bad race. Whether how many accidents they've had in the past or the current car that they're using makes a difference. There's all kinds of tiny, tiny little variables that make up a huge, huge part of racing that most of the time fans don't see when they're sitting on the track. Wow! Like and the only thing that the only thing I I understood I I, I understood like uh, that I only took the time to understand was like and I quote uh, Ricky Bobby from that movie: "If you're not first, you're last." That's essentially the case. The first place, the first place winner gets pretty much all of the prize money, and the second and, the and third points they get points. But the point system doesn't matter when you're not winning races at all. But you don't get no money when you come in second and third. I don't know for sure. They have the playoffs too, right? Playoffs. They have. The chase for the cup. They have oh a chase for the cup, but they, that's even then they watered that they down. Didn't that. They they have watered that down. <laughs> so they're reducing races. They're changing the scores. The score system. They have changed the way the cup is raced for. Do people so even understand as, the system anymore? No, they do not. That's hmm. part of the problem. The easiest thing to follow when you're watching a race at this point is who is in first, who is in second, who is in tenth, who is never going to finish the race. Uh, I like that they have sticky tires. They do. Tires are so important. They go. They wear sticky out. Sticky so tires. Fast. The tires are literally like sticky. They're like tacky to the touch, and it's mm-hmm. to grip the track better. Is it like yep. the? Is it like the sticky like like uh like the Sham Wow guy just like exhibiting all that stuff and <laughs> just sticked it to the wall? That's basically just, what the tires I'm just picturing feel someone like. just rolling a tire as like a lint roller on the carpet and then sticking it to the wall. The drivers also <laughs> lose weight while they're driving. They can lose up to like ten pounds just in sweat alone while they're driving. So it's a pretty brutal sport on the person. And they use almost every part of their body to drive. So a lot of that's automated now. A lot of it is um, they can't move their head left and right because of the neck safety features they, they've created. So that's why their spotters are so important. Now, I know this is completely off track and we should probably move to another segment, but I just should bring that up. Sorry. Dude, that was dope. Yeah, NASCAR... NASCAR and auto racing are really fascinating sports. Indies are, are indie racing is fun to watch. I saw the, the indie for the so, first time. They're so lightweight. They're so movable. And they just so agile. And they just disintegrate when they, they when they completely <laughs> fall apart. Oh my god! That's, oh. that's why one of the reasons why it's more exciting to watch indie. But then you get into like Formula One racing, which is European, and that's even more interesting because of the tracks that they have, which are more than just one left hand turn. Dude, the Indy Five Hundred, like, like I, I just that was. That was really awesome just me yeah you know that's like like I, I saw like a race once in like Bowman Gray but that, that was like the first like ever big race I ever saw mm-hmm. like and I'm glad like my friend of mine like invited me uh and it's worth going to, to at least once in person you have to wear headphones though because it's really loud or earplugs I, did, I, I didn't wear track. any I didn't wear anything like that and you were naked 
My ears were naked, yeah. Yeah, my ears. My ears were naked. Like yeah, like my eardrums were naked, so I didn't have earplugs though. Um, What's so funny, y'all? Just cause I say naked, naked, naked. Are y'all are y'all in preschool? Come on, guys. Just took his eardrum underwear off. (laughs) But I didn't have any earplugs. I wish I kind of did. He had his eardrums around his ankles. It can get pretty pretty loud. But then I but then I realized, hey, like. I listened to like, I, I, listened, I thought about the Decibel Love I listened to like my music and I'm like yeah it's not too bad <laughs> but I wish I did have like some earbuds of some kind I was tempted to ask somebody like hey earplugs but I was like yeah I'll just endure it well you don't want to have the situation where you ask someone for earplugs and they give you obviously used earplugs <laughs> no I'm hey can I have earplugs what can't hear you earplugs that's, that's disgusting or they get anyway. No, I'm. Uh, I, that is my input for the day. So there you go. So I don't, I don't know anything else about the rest of the topics, basically. So a lot of uh, a lot of memories of uh, your childhood and yes. uh, the clink of the bats. The clink of the bats and the smell of cigarette smoke mixed with, you know, B level nacho cheese and. B level? What's I wonder what A level is. Nachos have to be done right. So if you're going to go to concession nachos, you need to go to like the baseball parks and get them. Man, like most of them, like, like when you put too like much cheese Fenway on, they just, they just. But even when, but even they have the top quality, top notch. If you put too much cheese on those bad boys, you're just gonna get soggy. That that's part of the deliciousness of nachos. That's a risk you take. Okay. Do you have a fun? Do you have a funny sports memory? Funny sports memory. Probably involves me. Something weird, <laughs> something weird or ironic that I can that I can make fun of. Oh, uh... go ahead and put me in it because I'm an easy target to make fun of because I've given you probably enough material for like two lifetimes. No, uh... well, not one lifetime, but you know, in the future it'll probably be four lifetimes. <laughs> I, I haven't personally haven't played enough sports for that to be. Um, noteworthy. Although I was a photographer for uh, our college paper, and I ended up on the sidelines of the games in an attempt to get a good picture, someone had warned me a moment prior to stay off of the sidelines next to the players. I was attempting to get a shot of the play, and I failed uh, fantastically. As a play had gone on without me noticing, I was shooting something else off of the end of the field, where the opposing team had hiked the, the football to their quarterback, quarterback had passed to their receiver, receiver had um, been tackled by one of the Guilford players smack into where I was standing on the sideline. So I got more or less tackled by a Guilford College football Well, you didn't player. tell me that. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's dope. Dude, I, was, I was fine. Um, I, I, got, I got smacked in the, the leg by one of their legs or something. I took a little bit of a tumble, but I was fine. Descri- describe, describe, the, describe the tackle. So did you get... Was this a center mass rapid drive <laughs> type situation? Well, as far as I, I, mean, as far as I know, the, 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 receive, the opposing team's receiver had clutched the ball the way they're supposed to. He knew it was going down. He knew it was getting tackled. So he had he his kinda, back to had it. He kind of had it wrapped up. In yeah, he had like a little baby. So did he? <laughs> So they just a loaf of bread. So they just, bump, of bread. So just bump you or something when they were going out. Um. Well, they bumped is a little bit weak of a word for this. I wasn't totally knocked down, but I was definitely hit. So, uh, so I, I was not quite a casualty. So in the leg. So I, in leg, yeah, I got knocked. So I, dro- I almost dropped my camera. I almost, you know, I dropped my tripod in the meantime and all that stuff. So. How, how do you That's feel? How do what? You, 
Oh, sorry. I've been lucky it wasn't. None of that was. Because yeah. if your leg, if your leg catches in the ground and someone's hitting you from Ooh, the side, the unhappy triad. Like it's gonna be a right angle. It was not. Like oh, I said, oh. I don't know how. The, I wasn't looking in the direction of the tackle necessarily when this happened. So I, I know AC I got bumped, but I wasn't quite sure how. ACL, it MCL, PCL. No, no, no. ACL, MCL, and like meniscus, it was fine. like the unhappy I was fine. triad. I was just an idiot for not paying attention to what the coaches had told me. How do you Cases feel about? How do you feel about like? You taking uh, more like tackles, like padded tackles, than your boyfriend ever has. Kind of great, actually. <laughs> yeah, so you're more hardcore than me. I took see. Yeah, getting tackled in the leg is not the same thing as getting actually tackled and you know clocking my head against the curb. You, you took a more dangerous hit than I have. Uh, <laughs> for all you know, that just means that Darius played, but he scored on every single play. play. That's true. <laughs> he just was never hit ever. Maybe sports fan. Um, well, for me, um, I was always close uh, with my dad, like from day one. Um, he, uh, <clears throat> me and him were just always there. Like my mom had always, when she worked her job and stuff, she worked swing shifts. So either she would be at home recovering or getting ready to go to sleep. Uh, to go to work, or she's already at work, or she's getting off of work at nighttime stuff. So, so it was kind of variable in terms of seeing her, but consistently, my dad was always like there. Like he worked like in the morning, be there in the afternoon. He'd be there most of the time, take me to uh, um, to like my, my practices, going to my games. He'd be like the loudest person, you know, cheering like for my team and whatnot, and cheering for me and stuff. It was it was great. I guess it's just that. What sports meant to me was that it encapsulates that closeness that me and my dad shared. Like I never forget just us, just seeing him yell at the TV because his Rams or his Dodgers weren't doing so good, like <laughs> or his Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. Well before the process, back when they had Allen Iverson, they the answer, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> sorry, uh, Dan. Got like a little burning question or or some burning thought. What's up before you forget it? Your dad was a Dodgers fan. Yeah. That, why do you think I had that? That's that's where that Dodgers shirt came from. That I, I rocked from time to time. Yeah. Um, Go Dodgers. Woo. Dodgers are kicking ass. Um, right. yeah, they I don't. So no Dodgers. Don't don't, like... don't tell me. Please make some tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't say anything like until I don't want you to say anything about them until they make the World Series. Uh, I'm just saying they they had a stretch of 34 games where they were 30 and four. But how many times is... have they been kicking butt and then they get eliminated NLCS or NLDS? I get tired of that. But they gotta go get you, Darvish. They got they Monday. they gotta just went, go to the World Series and win it. Anywho, anyway, sorry. but just what brought me into sports was just the time that I, the valuable time that I spent with my dad and for those who you know don't know you probably don't know um it's it's a little tough for me to admit and stuff but you know um like 6 years ago my dad um unfortunately passed away due to um liver cancer and um so because because of him is is why I'm 
as big as a sports fan um, as I've, I've ever been, and I am to this day. Um, seeing how intense he was on uh, yelling at television or him uh, as intense he was and going to uh, live like live action games. Well, don't let it be the Rams when they came to the 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 pan uh, the Panthers town, man. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> I remember I got mad at him though because he was chanting, he was cheering against the Panthers, and I actually like took my fist, and, like actually popped him right on the back. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know, I I didn't I, I didn't want him to cheer against the Panthers. I was like, what? <laughs> but no, I yelled at the TV like like he did. I. I cheer for my uh, my Patriots and uh, uh, my Braves and uh, Chicago Bulls like like him, but what sports gave to me is just like just that unity of just bringing two people together or bringing like people together to enjoy the atmosphere of sports and and what it offers. So there we go. It's really interesting because it's kind of similar for me, actually. I got into it as a way to, to be closer to my dad and to connect to my dad. Uh, kind of Yeah, sports has kind of found me, though. Because like, I, and I think I mentioned this in the first episode that I was homeschooled, but what that kind of practically meant was that I spent... <laughs> well, not necessarily, because my, my dad was Coast Guard That's right, for that's many right. years, mm-hmm. so... He w- he was never really like deployed really well while I was a kid. Um, he was kind of past that point in his career at that point, but uh, but you know he would go to work all day, so I would be at home with my sister and my mom all day. And I remember even as like a like kid of like five and six years old, feeling like guilty that I was kind of closer to my sister and my mom than my dad, uh, just because of that I spent more time with them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, that was the kind of kid that I was that I already was like, already was like feeling anxious about things when I was like six. Uh, but I, uh, be a confusing time, six years old. But I remember like watching, like watching like football on TV with my dad around that oh time. Oh my gosh. Bit. Monday night football, Sunday night football when it was on ESPN. Yeah. The old, uh, I don't even think we got ESPN back then, but like that, <laughs> That was like, you know, the Drew Bledsoe Patriots, the Ty Law Patriots. Oh, and those ugly Patriot jerseys yeah, that the, I still love. The early years of the Flying Elvis head. <laughs> the Flying um, Elvis. The blue, that and, uh, bright blue. And I remember I got, I, you know, that, that was like, it was like the late 90s was when we started watching football together a lot. And we would watch like, you know, Monday and Sunday night football and all that stuff. And, uh, and sometimes Saturday every year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, and the other thing was the Red Sox. That was kind of another thing that we bonded over because uh, we watched the Ken Burns baseball documentary, and it's kind of a subplot throughout the documentary about how the Red Sox just can't win the World Series. Oh, and, they're making the curse of Bambino. Yeah, the, cur- the curse of the Bambino. <laughs> Childish Bambino. <laughs> I couldn't resist. Mm. Bill Lambeer's Spoonerism is Lil Bambeer. Wow, that sounds like a rapper name. Little Bam beer. Anyway, uh, well, <laughs> anyway, we digress. We digress. Um, 
it was, uh, so, you know, it was a subplot in Ken Burns' baseball that the Red Sox can't win the World Series, the 1967 Impossible Dream, and the 1975 World Series, and they, they just can't do it. And so I started following the Red Sox kind of, me and my dad kind of together in 2003. Oh, was that the magical one? No. That was Aaron Boone. Oh, so 2004 well, was the magical one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, okay. the, it was the year after. So, like, the Aaron, the Aaron Boone story isn't nearly as funny just because they f***ing won the year after that. But, <laughs> um, but it was just really funny because, you know, my dad, his, like, his, like, defining sports moment of, like, his young adult life, he would have been about my age now when the Bill, the Bill Buckner thing happened. Um, For a second, I was going. I thought you were going to say the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> I want to circle back to this because at some point, my dad has requested to be a guest on this show, so we're going to get him on here at some point. And, I th- and like in the household, when I was like visiting his place, like I, that, like the uh, Bill Buckner was like that name was like taboo in his household, <laughs> and that was like the, my first true experience with like a true Bostonian fan, like for real. <laughs> I was like. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> you can't, you can't, you can't bring up the the Billy Bucks, but uh, um, is that a new currency? You get Billy, Billy Bucks. bucks. <laughs> this is what happens when I try to invent slang; is it just goes horribly wrong. But uh, so, but no, we follow the Red Sox that season, and then the Bill, not Bill Buckner. Wow, the Aaron Boone thing happens. And we're watching this game, and I got so upset. And my dad just looked at me, and he said, Dan, I told you the Red Sox were going to break your heart. <laughs> <laughs> so so your dad had, like, a father-son teaching moment. Like, son, I told you. life is not fair. <laughs> I told you they were going to break your, your heart. Did you see that long game they had the other night? I went to, like, 2 or 3 in the morning, and they were fine until they t- lost terribly. It was a recent game. It was like... They've done that like three times. times. I know. The fact that there's, that's happened multiple times is heartbreaking into itself. But this is what they do. They are terrible. And then all of a sudden, they get an upwind. And That's my sports story, is that it was to, to be closer to my dad. And my dad and I still, still you know, bond a lot over the Patriots and stuff like that. And we, you know... Him and I, we started getting like NFL Sunday ticket. And we... I am unbelievably spoiled in that like my sports fandom has pretty much exactly coincided with Tom Brady's career uh, and you know and there's, so. there's no way that I can kind of lay that out there without making it sound like I'm a bandwagon Patriots fan so dude I grew up with Drew, Drew uh, flipping Bledsoe man I'm no bandwagon neither are you but <laughs> that's just how it is I came of age right at the perfect time and to be honest it's sort of like I I I get annoyed by the bandwagon thing simply because it's sort of like, like, can you really criticize people for being more engaged when their team is good? I mean, that's just kind of like human nature. It doesn't make any sense to me because then people just are enjoying themselves. The sports is supposed to be entertaining and people are entertained. That's the whole point. If you take that logic to its to its kind of logical extreme, then obviously 76ers fans have to be basically have been the most engaged they've ever been for the past four years instead of, you know, cratering uh, attendance, which is what's actually happened. So, like, are all those 76ers fans bandwagoners and they're only going to watch when the team is good? Can you blame them for that? 
Also, fuck Sam Hinkie. <laughs> no, so here's so here's so here's the thing. Here's here's how you tell. Um, it's my official editorial position that Sam Hinkie fucking sucks. By the way, but he still making but he still made him millions though, and creates a, a sort of like a renaissance for Philadelphia basketball. So D D keeps keeps uh, asking me like, what if Sam Hinkie actually hears this podcast <laughs> and wants to be a guest? And honestly, I just hope we don't get sued by him, man. <laughs> I just I'm just making fun of him on a podcast. How is like I honestly. Like, much larger things than us have said much worse things about him. <laughs> That's fair. Like, if anything, you should be pissed at the 76ers for firing him. <laughs> he obviously, he created the perfect basketball team creating formula. Why should he have been fired? He should sue the 76ers. He is a genius and everyone else is insane for wanting to watch a decent basketball team. Yo, he got paid, he went home, and he's counting his millions. Anyhow. Uh, Sam Hickey literally <laughs> is Apple deciding not to put a headphone jack in the iPhone. Wow. Or not putting USB wow. connectors. Wow. <laughs> not putting USB connectors in the MacBook. That is what Sam Hinkie is. He is literally the Apple board of directors who sat around debating this decision and was like, yeah, no, this is a great idea. <laughs> because and we're gonna we're gonna sell this to all of our fans as innovation rather than just being shitty on purpose. Wow. And it fucking worked. And it fucking worked with Sam Hinkie because you have all these 76ers fans who are like, Trust now, the process. We believe in the process now. Like, Sam Hinkie's like the great, the great prophet is Asia. <laughs> I, okay. I'm gonna... I'm he's, go he's make He's, um... He's creating a great ball team. <laughs> I'm going to do something He's really quickly. He's helping us make A money. I, I very quickly, <laughs> we're going to really, really oh. digress for a second here. But <laughs> I want to, so I want to call, I want to jump back very quickly to the Prophet Ajeja bit because uh, I came up with this idea last week. What if we took that, that dialogue and changed it so that... Uh, we auto replaced the great prophet Ajaja with Sam Hank. Oh no, no man, you you do realize, you realize we're gonna burn for this, right? <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna burn, and we're this. gonna we're gonna replace marriage with basketball team. Oh no, <laughs> you I, you're going to I think you're about going too far on this one, but let's hear it. I want. I want to use this great opportunity to testify how the, how Sam Hinkie saved my basketball team. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't do it already, man. This first sentence. Come on. I'm from California. I want to use this opportunity to thank Sam Hinkie. Would that be Philadelphia then? Rewind up. <laughs> okay, I'm from, I'm from Philadelphia. I want to use this opportunity to thank Sam Hinkie, who really made my life a pleasurable one today. <laughs> This great man, Sam Hinkie, brought my basketball team back to me after six years of breakup in our basketball team. <laughs> after I had already had three lovely draft picks for my basketball team. <laughs> uh, oh my god. This is easily going to be like the best segment of this. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't think we're uh, going to be able to top this, man. She told me that mine was a small case and that I shouldn't worry about it at all. So I asked her what was the solution to the 76ers' problems, and she gave me Sam Hinkie's phone number and his contact email address, samhinkie at yahoo.com. 
the fact that either, I don't know what's funny. The fact is Sam Hinky or is he, him having Yahoo. <laughs> I was doubting if Sam Hinky was the solution. <laughs> you so, and a million other like Philly fans. <laughs> so I contacted Sam Hinky and he told me what to do and I did them all. And he told me to wait for just two days and that my basketball team would come crawling on their kneels asking for forgiveness. Wow. So I faithfully did what Sam Hinky asked me to do. And for sure, immediately after two days, I heard a knock on the door. In a great surprise, I saw the 76ers begging on their knees. <laughs> and I was speechless. I want to say a big thank you to Sam Hinky, the great prophet. <laughs> This great man. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Keep going. Breathe. Breathe, man. Breathe. Oh, breathe, breathe. Oh my god, I'm turning red. <laughs> Sam Hinky made me understand that there's no problem on earth that has no solution. So wow. please, if you know you have the same problem. Oh god. There aren't really any more references to him, but let's all laugh at, uh... What, can, what, what, what other services can Sam Hickey provide? Uh, let's see, uh, let's, let me see if I can basketballize these. Oh, gosh. Uh, Is that a word? He will help you to be general manager in anything you do. Okay. Earn a good money. <laughs> a good, a good money. A Success a in money. basketball. Uh, shooting problems. Win court case. <laughs> The whole Philadelphia basketball team was a court case. <laughs> this is literally the greatest thing I've ever done in my life. We might have to like stop the episode after this because I don't think we're going to top this. Episode, man. Keep going, oh my man. God. Uh, want to be in control of your basketball team. Looking for job, which Sam Hinkie currently is. <laughs> You have been scammed and you need your money back. Oh, the 76ers. Oh. <laughs> you, you have been working without promotion. Whoa. Uh, you have any symptoms of sickness that is uncured? Pregnancy problems with babies. Yeah, we did this last time. Uh, you can email or any problem that is similar. I will advise you to come straight to Sam Hinkie. You can email Sam Hinkie at <laughs> yahoo.com. <laughs> Thanks, dot, dot. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> look, look what you've done. You realize what you've done? I wouldn't be, so, I wouldn't be surprised if you broke the internet. <laughs> you broke the you broke the internet with Sam Hankey. <laughs> or no, you well at least you don't broke this podcast with Sam Hankey. <laughs> This podcast is broken. Yo, for now on, can we just, like, instead of having the great prophet Jeja, for now on, like, if we refer to any great prof, uh, prophet, darn, <laughs> great prophet is Sam Hinky. <laughs> what I love is, since I'm reading this aloud, it doesn't necessarily have to be prophet, P-R-O-P-H-E-T. It could be the great prophet as in P-R-O-F-I-T. Mm. Oh, 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 I see what you did there. Whoa. A net financial gain for our for our great basketball team. Wow. <laughs> Man. I didn't think you could make that story any better or funnier, but I, you, I stand corrected, man. 
Like my my cheeks are still throbbing from laughing so much. <laughs> and then Casey, you didn't, you didn't see on the video, but Casey had her, her her camera phone just filming us like at the like the tail end of it, just like just laughing uncontrollably. Like this this has this has to be like the single greatest thing that that. <laughs> that either of us has done, man. So kudos to you, man. <laughs> For two years, I felt my life was over, and my rookies thought they would never see the general manager again. Whoa! <laughs> Are you just gonna like rewrite that and just make it even better? I tried to be strong just for the rookies, but I could not control the pains that torments my heart. Uh, All those losses. My heart was filled with sorrows and pains because I was really in love with Sam Hinkey. <laughs> He's gonna kill us, man. <laughs> oh my fucking god! I've gotta stop. Oh, that was worth it. Give me a, give me a high five, buddy. That was, that was gold. It took us an hour and a half to get there, but that was gold. Oh my god. <laughs> do the question is, do we call it a podcast, like, or do we keep going? <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna retire on top for the night, like Ray Lewis uh, in the, and uh, Peyton Manning with their like last Super Bowl runs. There is literally no way that we could ever possibly, oh my ever God. possibly top this. Dude. I think I think this is the last episode. I would like to thank all of you for tuning in. I would Thanks. like to. Also, I would like to thank Casey for being our guest on this episode. You're so welcome. Also, shout out to our to our friend Bree, who's like stationed in Japan. Thanks for checking out our first episode of our podcast and also commenting on there. Really appreciate your support. We miss you. We want you to be back in the States at some point, but we really appreciate the support and we're trying to bring some more episodes so that way you, you can be entertained, especially after this episode when as soon as it gets processed. So so we love you and you know best luck to you um, uh, where you stay uh, you being stationed and hope to see you soon. Um, <clears throat> you do know what this means, too, right? What does it mean? After all the jokes about us having two listeners, we are confirmed. We have one listener. <laughs> we have an audience of one. Well, we have Casey. She lit, She sat through this one. So That's there true. So I there's our two. There there's our two. two. <laughs> so we've reached status quo. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much from the bottom of my heart to our two listeners for, uh, for tuning in. And for our special guests, step to the mic and tell us where they can reach us in terms of our email. You may reach may reach Dan and at dvdcastpod at gmail.com. That is dvdcastpod at gmail.com. <laughs> can you say Dan and D? Because I think you just like, uh, you just uncovered my identity. Oh no! Oh, no! <laughs> we'll clip it. <laughs> you can reach Dan and D at dvdcastpod at gmail.com. That is Dan and D at dvdcastpod at gmail.com. On that note, thank you all for listening. The uh, words of Wayne Stabley, I wish I could just hug you all, but I'm not going to. Love one another, stay true to yourself, your sports, and your life. Don't be a fucking asshole.
<laughs> None of this is 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 ever making it onto the internet.